0: It is our Christmas gift to all of you, an extra basis podcast that is um, has gone from regular to semi-regular to I don't know what we call it now, Jeremy. What do we call it? Like we call it, whenever we, call we it, feel like it or whenever we get to it.
1: Call it the off season. <laughs> we got spring training in like seven days. We can give it that. We can take a minute. You know, we were here today's what? Twenty first December? Is that right? First day of winter, so and what was the postseason over? Remember fifth? Is that right? It's been five weeks. It feels like it's been an eternity. You know, we're going to turn around in, in, a, in a in a month and we'll be like, man, this is January 21st. We're in two weeks. You know, we're, we're, we're good. We're on track. And everybody's out there. We're ready to go.
0: All right. So I'd like to start off this extra basis. I'd like to read you something. Okay. To our fans. I want to assure our fans that our failure to reach an agreement was not due to a lack of effort on the part of either party. The players came here for nine days, worked hard, and tried to make a deal. I appreciate the effort. Our committee of club representatives committed to the process, offered compromise after compromise, and hung in past the deadline to exhaust all efforts to reach an agreement. On the competitive balance tax, we offered a significantly larger first-year increase than in the last two agreements, bearing in mind that the competitive balance tax is the only mechanism in the agreement that protects some semblance of a level playing field among clubs. Jeremy, I ask you this. Do you believe that there's a lot of owners out there who are just teed off at Steve Cohen for just blowing past the competitive balance tax?
1: Uh, I would say that as much as anybody can confirm that's the case, I can confirm that's the case. There are some really upset people. You know, th- th- we're in a different age of owner, and we're starting to see it shift back a little bit towards pre-2014 uh, era with general managers and spending. And you know what's happened in that amount of time, Jason, Steve Cohen not withstanding, Um, This is something that's going to be really, really fun for me to say, and it's going to hurt some feelings, right? And you know me, I'm so careful on hurting feelings when it comes to people in this game who have, you know, said they know it all. About six to seven years is about what it takes to establish a winning scouting and development culture. It's about what it takes. Right now, if you have a foundation, you can keep going. The, the stuff the Astros, um, the stuff the Astros did before uh, Luno became uh, general manager with Bobby Heck and Ed Wade in that group um, started in two thousand eight, and we saw dividends in two thousand fifteen. Right, Luno got here. The cover was stocked. Traded some people here, brought some people last way. Did some waiver did his thing to it, and next thing you know, wham! We're the Astros are good in 2015, and it's 2022, and that's how many years? So eight to fifteen was wait for it, and fifteen to twenty two was okay, and you've got seven. Now, if you're spending this much money at the free agent level. It's because you don't have anything in the system you rely on. Now, that's not universal. Steve Cohen is an outlier. Mark Tremuda did a good job in the draft, certainly in the early rounds of the draft. Him and the New York Mets did a good job there. The reality is, Cohen is going to win, and he's going to do everything he can to win. Now, this team isn't much different than it was last year. I mean, you've got Verlander replaced to Grom, you've got Correa in there that moves out Escobar, you got you know the tri- Navarre's to move out McCann. That's three players, and that's a, that's a, that's different. But it's really it's really kind of the same guys. A couple of upgrades, a couple of replacements, and that's that. It's just a lot of money. But for the people that are giving out the money beforehand, the the, the San Francisco Gigantes, right? The uh, New York Yankees keeping Arson Judge in the fold and and going out and getting Carlos Rodon. You know, you're looking at people who are big spenders, spending again. you go the out to the West Coast. You get to the LA Dodgers, who are like, nah, I'm gonna take Sheldon Miller for, Miller for a year. JD Martinez for a year. You see these guys who have done all this for so long pulling back and trying to reset, let their kids play and stay stay competitive. Why am I saying this? The owners don't want to spend like this on the free agent market. They need to draft and develop their own people. And you know who does, you know where the analytics don't really work? I know they work in the big league level, they've been done for a long time. Cisco analysis, projection, great. They work in, in in professional baseball, minor league baseball. They do not work in the amateur market. They do not work internationally. Not like that. And if you've been reliant on that for taking players or hanging your career on certain players in the draft, you're not going to have much of a system. You know what happens when you don't have much of a system? You got to go pay for it. Now, not too long ago, we were turning around, talking about not we necessarily. we We did speak about Montero's contract with the Astros and value and where this was going. And we were talking about upgrade uh, you a little bit. and p- some people were criticizing twenty million a year for three. I didn't, neither did you. That's but some people did. How's that look now? Whoops, whoops, you're talking about huge spending. So you go to Steve Cohen, who makes whatever billion a year he makes. and he's like, oh, yeah, because more than one. um yeah, three hundred and eighty million. so what? hundred and ten million dollars so what? I want ring- I want rings. I want to win. want to win. Two ways to do it, draft and develop, get your guys in the system, and then do it that way. And the owners, you know, in majority were playing with the rules. They were all – the only reason they're mad is because many of them thought they were doing the same thing. We're only going to pay this. We're only going to pay that. Everybody's got some information. And Cohen goes, nope. So it's not about really winning. It's about everybody has their chosen method to win. And what this puts a pressure on, really, if I'm an owner, it's not really I'm going to spend is keep up with Steve Cohen because none of these guys can do that. That's not it. It's not spending keep up with Steve Cohen. It's real. Look, take a look at my baseball ops department and start walking out, walking around with that pink slip piece of paper, uh, pad. You get one, like Oprah with shoes. You get one and you get one and you get one. Everybody gets a pink slip. And you start putting people back in the game that will keep you from doing this. That's that's how that is. And These guys have earned their money. We talked about this before. Years ago when I said and the Latin talent was unknown but we said that this was the window is closed as far as American draft picks. It's it hasn't changed for me on the on the American side but um all of that to say If your baseball operations department can't keep you competitive year after year after year, regardless if you're picking the back, regardless if you're understanding what's there, and not just at the big league level, but beyond that, because this isn't about this year, if I'm the Astros, I'm thinking about these guys are buying this money for the next decade. What do I got to help me compete without having to go do that? The answer is you got a big fat goose egg, got nothing. And so if owners are going to be upset, that's what they need to look at, is the baseball operations people in these departments that sold them a bill of goods, got arrogant, and decided it was a frat party. That's where they need to get upset, because Steve Cohen said, oh, yeah, I got a bigger frat. I got a bigger frat, okay? And that's it. That's all that is to it. So the owners have every right to be kind of upset at the guy because he's blowing by these taxes. But they also need to look, to look at their baseball operations department, because these guys are billionaires, and they've earned their position as businessmen, and they've earned their position to, 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 to run their company or their organization or both how they want to. Go get different people, so you don't have to spend this much money. Keep players under control, and then you can let a guy go, or another guy go, or another guy go, and have somebody behind. Him. If you don't have that, that's why you should be upset, and that's that's logical.
0: And that's in many ways what the Astros have done. You let Correa go. You have Jeremy Pena in. You let uh, someone's G- Garrett Cole. Uh, Fromber Valdez and Christian Javier step in. But it's interesting now that the dust is starting to settle regarding the Carlos Correa deal and the deal which didn't happen. Carlos Correa's agent, Scott Boris, telling the San Francisco Chronicle that when the Giants told him that the event was postponed, their news conference introducing Carlos Correa, they wanted to continue to discuss a deal. He gave them a deadline between noon and 1 p.m. Pacific, at which the point the Giants told him they were, were not ready to execute the agreement. And then Boris tells the Chronicle, I never heard from them after that. We gave them ample time. Of course, a lot of us who have covered Carlos Correa for years and years and years, the injury history has been there. And I think we all started... Remember the game Operation, where you can put the little... (laughs) So I think we're all like, okay, is it this part of his body that maybe was flagged during that physical examination? Reportedly, was it this part of the body? Having said all that, to me, Carlos Correa is made for New York. Here's a guy that bet on himself, was not afraid of free agency, told us as much. I am not afraid of being a free agent and whew, moving to third base is interesting. We had talked earlier that you you said this had the feel of another guy that baseball fans know and the history of this game and big spending and big free agent deals. And there are some similarities here. Yeah, uh, Back
1: in early 2000s, I forget the year, a a young shortstop who was uh, an excellent defender with power, um, who had a very large physical frame, was acquired by the New York Yankees from the Texas Rangers, and he went to play third base next to the guy that we all know as the captain. And at the time, many people said, and this is really up for debate, frankly, and no one cares anymore because... It is what it is. But at the time, people said Alex was a better shortstop. And they said, why would Alex go then than, uh, than Jeter? And they said, why would Alex go to New York? And, and and Boris, ironically, was the agent at the time. And he said, um, they said, well, Alex won't want to play third base. And Boris said, don't count on that. Next thing you know, within a minute, you know, what felt like Alex Rodriguez is, is, is now no longer going to Boston. He's going to New York. There was a hang-up in Boston with them wanting to pay the contract. Now, whatever the reason is, that's the same hangup you just had here. They didn't want to pay the contract that they, they agreed to. There was a hangup with the league or so, some kind of way the Red Sox couldn't pay the deal. It's all documented in the captain that was put out there with the Red Sox. Rodriguez was going to Boston, couldn't do it. Next thing you know, Rodriguez is in New York. And this is exa- – and they did the whole thing on ESPN and announced it oh, all. Alex Rodriguez is going to – it's the same deal. And sure enough, Correa is going to go play third base. Now um, – Correa and Alice Rodriguez, and, and I'm just going to say it, have always reminded me of each other in multiple ways. Okay, um, some of them is their personality. Some of them is is kind of the way they need to be loved by everybody. That's just kind of who they are. But um, you know, it, it's not a bad guy to be compared to as Alice Rodriguez. Let's just face it. You know, troubles aside, um, anybody who saw a Rod play at any point in time do was ridiculous. It was, it was, just ridiculous. It didn't matter what the stuff was later on. You, you didn't see him in high school or you weren't around him. You know, he's a year younger than me. Um, if you didn't see this thing in person, like I know a, a guy who, who watched who played against him in AAA and walked up to him after the game and asked him to sign like a bat for him. Like, you know, it, it was, it, it was, it was, it was, an, it was an insanity what you could do. So, you know, while I don't think Correa is that type of player, very few people are you know, the comparisons are still there. Um, and, it, it, you know, the Yankees won one title with A-Rod, right? Got one ring. So it's not a guarantee of a ring. At the time, everybody said, oh, A-Rod to the Yankees, the rich get richer, you still got to win. Still got to win, you know? So it's it's very similar. It's even similar down to the agent, similar down to the circumstances. Um, oh, I know what it was. Alex Rodriguez was going to restructure his contract. That's what it was. To go to Boston. That's what it was. And the, and the, and the commissioner's office and the players' union said, no, can't do that. So off he goes to New York. In any event it's a, it's a New York story. I agree. Correa is made for New York. I think it's uh, a good situation for, for the, for the Mets fans. Good luck getting in the city field this year and trying to, unless you're the future stars series and you have your own event there, but if you're not that good luck getting in the city field. And um, yeah, it's, it, it's a, it's a heck of a story for somebody. And, and if you're the giants, you got to ask yourself. So we said no on this guy. And the Mets within seconds were like, yeah, we're good. That's a, problem within the san francisco giants if the giants sign this guy but you know albeit it's one year less in, in new york and less money same same AAV, i think pretty close but one and one um people are, are, aren't are upset they're happy for carlos he goes to the mets they're upset there because there's that, many, that much money in one payroll right um but either way correa you know, this is the type of player people want to think he is. And the Giants process said, no, they couldn't make a decision fast enough. That's what happens with it. we get too deep in the weeds with analytics. You know, you got Pete Patillo. We know he's, that's his background is getting deep in the weeds and kind of being immobile and not the best decision maker in the world. And you've got Farhan Zaidi who, um, you know, he's he's obviously analytic-driven. Nothing against him, positive or negative. That's what they are. They got too deep in. Boris said, look, man, I got a player here, another club that wants him. Pay me. What are you going to do with this contract? Do you have an issue? And they didn't want to answer because they couldn't think on their feet. And Cohen said, I can't. Here you go. Check.
0: See you. I think I did a quick some quick math. I think Correa with the Giants was around 26-9 per year. And I think this new deal is like 26-2. But – You really think that they had, do you think it was buyer's remorse or do you really believe that there was something, there was obviously something on the medical because the Giants admitted as much after Scott Boris went publicly. I guess it's a matter of how much risk are you willing to assume? And that is where I think analytics come in, right? Because that's what it's about. Risk aversion, right? Like, how much risk do you want to take on with somebody? Or am I completely off base on that?
1: No, you're right. But I think, again, it's it's how far in the weeds are you, you going to let that keep you from getting a player when another club is going to snap him up and he's going to go sign and play for whatever he's going to play. now.
0: But did they know that?
1: Well, but are there risks with Carlos Correa? He's never played more than 150 games in a season. All right, he's only done that once. Why are you – let me rephrase that. He's played 150 games in a season one time, Okay why are you paying him that much money in the first place if you're going to pay him that much money you better be prepared to pivot and renegotiate so you don't lose the kid you don't want to lose the player why would you do that let him go to new york that's a that's that's a an a, a analysis by a paralysis by analysis moment you know we all have we everybody's been in that situation you, know, you think too much and you you lose it and obviously you know you go south and that's what happened with carlos correa and the new york mets uh, I mean, the uh, San Francisco Giants and the Mets were like, we can think on our feet. We're going to sign him. That's how fast it's going to be. The question is going to be medically an analyst, a a venture billionaire by the dozen. No joke. Was willing to commit this money over there. And the analyst in San Francisco couldn't move. He couldn't move like during headlights. It was like Carlos Correa's got a, and I'll tell you, it's an ankle issue is what it
0: was that he hurt an A-ball when he was 19 years old. Okay, as noted by Ken Rosenthal in the Athletic, I believe.
1: Yeah, and he hadn't had too much treatment on it, and so the Giants had some problems with it. And you're like, the Mets are like, well, we're good, let's go. And if you're the Giants, you're like, that's how the analytics department was at, and the Mets are like, I got a check, I got a pen, I'm gonna use the pen on that check and bring you in, and that's what happened. All right. And that so it's it's really about paralysis by analysis instead of going too far in the weeds. You want to lose the player, lose the player. And again, Cohen's got all this money and he's doing it and um, he's spending it. And if I'm the owners, I understand. But I'm really should be looking at their baseball operations department and trying to find ways to upgrade that for people that can think on their feet and find players so they don't have to do this all the time.
0: For accuracy's sake, Carlos Correa in his first, well, I guess you would call it his second season. He played 153 games in 2016. His uh, previous uh, high within the last um, five, six years was 148 games with the Astros in 2021, which is certainly one of his more productive seasons. I do, do find it interesting, though, that the Mets, they had their own issue with a medical. Remember, Kumar Rocker in the draft. And that was nowhere near the amount of money that they're dealing with Carlos Correa. Now, I think Scott Boris has said that all the teams had all the medicals. They brought in a certain specialist to show people that Carlos Correa is good. And this was last year. Yeah. But I just think it's interesting that um, they wouldn't sign Kumar Rocker. And granted, it's apples and oranges. But um, I guess it all depends on what you... What you feel or 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 how much you risk how much risk you believe is involved in 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 one of these deals. You know, the irony of the agent
1: in that deal with the Mets was Scott Boris with Kumar Rocker, right? So I think Rocker was an elbow. I think he was just getting started. There was no proven track record as far as the Mets were concerned. it was something that was banged last minute. And clearly the Mets didn't do that before the draft. You can't do that before the draft. So it happened after um you know i think correa has a proven track record where they felt like he could live into it rotate some at dh and they're not planning on running out the 160 games you know if you've got steve cohen money you can pay eduardo escobar 12 million to sit on the bench He's gonna be on the bench oh carlos you're hurting today hey eduardo go play third base oh hey we're gonna rotate you through hey alonzo you're gonna dh today you know escobar played first base with the brewers you know he doesn't have just you're saying Vogelbox box the dh right doesn't have to be that way you know, you can use that as, as as a as a stay fresh spot. Give Vogel, Vogelbach, let's say, four starts a week. You know, there and the other guys split the other three. Like you can do that. That's enough to keep Dan fresh. You know, so it's um it, it's there's a lot of options there. You know, the Mets adding this bat, which is what they did, and by the way, a platinum glove winner at shortstop who's gonna just I'm sure is gonna acclimate the third just fine. Um, you know, is a big is a big deal to their lineup. The question is gonna be with Correa: Can he stay on the field? And for the San Francisco Giants, they have to really reevaluate. Their process is if this guy stays on the field and he's able to continue to play, that's a quick, now if he gets hurt right away, then they can say, see, told you he doesn't get hurt. He's on the field performing. Ah, Lucy, you got some plenty to do.
0: Back in 2019 Correa hit two seventy nine with 21 homers and 59 runs driven in. If he produces those numbers, that was in 75 games. Will Mets fans be okay with that?
1: No. I mean, if they win, they'll be okay with it. They're going to want more and they should want more.
0: Last year, he hit 291 with 22 homers and 64 runs driven in in Minnesota in 136 games.
1: Carlos Correa playing third base every day, 290 and 35 is, is reachable
0: for real. 290 and 35 homers?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. If he's playing third base every day, right? I mean, he's shown he can hit 290 now. He's shown he can hit 25. What's his career high home runs? 26. 26. He can get to 30. If he's 290 and 30 and and 110, you know, and he's not striking out a a ton and, you know, he's playing good defense, I mean,
0: that's one of the best players in the game. Is there anything else you want to add to this conversation about Carlos Correa?
1: No, I mean, I think we're good with with Carlos Correa. I I think that the lesson here is – This guy's got a lot of money. It simply doesn't matter what it is. If you don't want to spend in free agency, because there was a Steinbrenner too before there was a Cohen, right? If you don't want to spend in free agency, get rid of the people that aren't helping you in the system and find new ones. Stock your system. Get GMs that know how to do it. Get uh, a scouting structure that can yield that. Get processes that do that besides, oh, it's the Woba plus the Babbitt. There's only certain places that works, and it's not in, in restocking with young players.
0: I need to get some game show music. In fact, I'm gonna insert some right here. Okay. It's time to play Name That Teammate. (laughs) We're going through Jeremy Booth's career record, all of the places he played, and I will give him three questions and see if he can name that teammate. I played at Montclair State University in Montclair, New Jersey. Okay. I was drafted by the Angels in the fifth round of the 91 draft, but then I was released. I went to independent ball before I was picked up by the Colorado Rockies, all before I was Jeremy Booth's teammate. I was a first baseman and left fielder. I think this one will give it away. Thank you. I led the 1998 St. Saint Paul Saints in home runs with um, 19. Dave Kennedy. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> yeah, that one I knew. I forgot da- Kennedy. I thought he forgot he was from New Jersey, and then he played with the Angels. Um, yeah, but yeah, he was first baseman. He hit. I
0: guess I probably should have said I played with you as a member of the. I got to really figure out this game and get it better. That's
1: all right. No, that was good. I had to think a little bit. As soon as you said 19 in St. Paul, I knew who that was Dave Kennedy. Yeah. yeah Dave, Dave Dave was a good dude, man. It was at the end of it, I think, for him, a couple of years, maybe a couple years left. He was good. He was good, man. It was fun to be around. He was a pro. A Made rad. it to Triple
0: A, where he hit 255, 11 homers, 50 runs driven in in 96 for the Colorado Springs Sky Sox.
1: Good for him. Yeah, Dave, Dave. Dave's a good person. I'm, I, I think he became a cop later. I don't know for sure, but um, he was he was good to be around. Man, it was fun. JD, I think hit third. I want to say he hit fourth. I hit somewhere a little bit after that in that lineup. But it was it was good. It was good to be around. I knew what he was doing.
0: Jeremy went to the winter meetings. Did. Jeremy had a good time at the winter meetings. I did. Jeremy sat in on some of the uh, media. Availabilities at the winter meetings i sat in on them i did that's, that's and amazing. um now he's getting ready for the uh, 2023 new balance future star series schedule
1: yeah i'm excited about this year man we got 150 events and counting and we're adding more 150
0: like, events yeah between all, all the different levels we have regional. is that the high is you don't typically have that many
1: well we, we've gotten we've gotten a scale now we're doing individual events with organizations we have regional combines we have stuff in the summer there's 150 events on the schedule. We have um, some pretty good relationships, and we're looking to grow with regional directors now, and and and, so, and some stuff in the analytics department that are working. We got the partnership with Pelotero. It's it's a it's a good year. I mean, this stuff is born out. Watching the guys succeed's been fun, and and you know, this year, of course, we have two major league stadiums, and um, you know, took taking an event to Vanderbilt University and taking an event to back to University of Arizona, and then of course the Caribbean Classic. So, gonna be a lot of fun. Um, gonna take this to another level this year, which is the point, and continue to to draft, not draft. We're in the player acquisition business, but um, you know, evaluate properly and develop guys to uh, be have some value.
0: Interesting. I just ran across what Steve Cohen told, uh, what Scott Boris told Steve Cohen with the rocker deal. I told Steve Cohen that while you're an owner, you just have to listen to people that appraise certain elements of drafted players, and we strongly disagree with the appraisal that the Mets placed on Coomer. We had said to him as an advocate, I'm sure if I'm an owner, I'm going to look at this. And I say, I I expect the advocate to say that for the player, our medical staff. We have our own internal medical staff. We were very thorough about this. There are always fuzzy MRIs. Max Scherzer's MRI when he signed was not particularly great and frankly never has been. But the thing of it is, it's what the orthopedists say are going to be the primary factors for what makes a player healthy. And if you had to make a minor adjustment in the process, it would be a minor element and he would be back to throwing at the levels that uh, Kumar is capable of. Everybody, there there are always fuzzy MRIs.
1: Always. We went Matt Scherzer, once again, Boris client, but how much how much production versus a guy who just got drafted? So, you know, it depends where you want to put the money, right? That's that's the risk and that's the reward. At the end of the day, the Mets were able to pivot. The Giants
0: were not, and he's a Met. All right, everybody. That's gonna do it for another Extra Bases podcast. Uh wish you all the best. We'll probably don't know, will we get one done before
1: the new year? I don't know if we'll get one done before Christmas, but we should be able to get one done. Um for the new year, yeah. yeah this I'm is confident. a second before, Chris. We got this this weather coming in here for a couple days, so who knows Yeah, we we'll, recording tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Do you think you should drip your faucets, or are you still kind of a gray area? I'm going to the... go with
1: dripping. I'm going to drip yeah, the faucets. Yeah, I, I don't
0: know.
1: I'm going to drip the faucets, and I'm going to go ahead and drip the bathtubs.
0: It says to, to do it. All right. Well, we'll continue this um, off air. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening, watching, and we'll talk to you next time.